Sadi Cup and welcome to another episode here for the Funk Report, Mindful Media and Communication. And as you can see, it, it's a interesting, interesting one again because I can merge sports, which I like, with like media theories, communication theories, stuff that I also like and work with, obviously, today again because, well, Jurgen Klopp, you never walk alone, uh, manager of Liverpool, uh, announced that he will leave the club uh, after the season in the summer and so i thought it's a good point or a good a good time now to look into um why is he leaving not from a sports point of view but from a communications point of view not only in, like why is he leaving but how did he announce it like how did he handle it how does liverpool handle it How is it different to usual coaching dismissals? Because usually coaches are being dismissed. They don't just say they leave, right, most of the time. And there's another there's another coach that, that just announced that he's leaving as well, uh, Xavi of, of uh, Barcelona. And so we also compare like Klopp's announcement to Xavi's announcement and see what's what's the difference there, okay? But of course... Well, being German, and now for once you cannot make fun of my German accent because Jürgen Klopp's accent is even stronger than mine. Uh, maybe that's why I like him so much. So let's look into like how Jürgen, uh, Jürgen Klopp announced his departure from Liverpool and which media and communication theories he, he used. Maybe willingly, maybe like subconsciously, maybe some of the PR people helped him craft a message. I'm not sure. But let, let, let's, let's look into this, okay? So... If we look into like the most important one, I think, when it comes to Jurgen Klopp, right? It's like authenticity, right? authenticity and self-disclosure. It's like a very relational approach. Um, that's how we call it. Um, and it's all about like emphasizing trust and rapport with your audience. Okay. So in his message, Jurgen Klopp, he opened up about like personal reasons about like why he's stepping down, right? He's saying like, oh, it's like an energy thing and he's feeling like there's so much pressure and uh, the club needs someone at, at like the at full strength, full power. And so he, he would, he might have been able to go into another season, but already knowing that, that he's lacking some energy. So then this would not have been good for the club. So, Yeah, it's very being very personal, so focusing of you know, emphasizing trust and report with the audience here. That's always actually a very good thing to do, of course, like working with uh, trust and report. But it only works if you actually establish trust and report before. Okay, then then you can use it. Um, then also, I think he's just a very good storyteller. And again, it might be consciously, it might be subconsciously. But when we look at like narrative paradigms, uh, another another media theory, um, we can actually see that like he takes us on a story, like like when he, from when he arrived to Liverpool and like how now how he feels about everybody, how much he loves everyone. Uh, so he tells like a, a very a very emotional story that you follow and you're like, yes. And I mean most fans, hardcore fans, they followed his journey over the last I think eight years, right? So it's just. To, taking you on that journey and like mentioning key moments from the journey, like that like just brings that story back into your mind and you're like, Oh yeah, right. We had all those memories together. So that's just a very smart thing to do when you're, when you're communicating. What's also very smart is utilizing the, the stakeholder theory. Okay. So stakeholder theory means that you address the interests 
and concerns of all the stakeholders. And in this case, the stakeholders, of course, are the fans, the players, the management, right? And he does it in a like very, again, emotional like manner that connects very well with all the stakeholders. Like, so he says, he talks about the fans, of course, how important they are, how much he loves them and that he understands that this is a difficult, a difficult message, but he has to get it out and that he hopes that the fans will uh, understand it. Then he talks about how, um, how, how important the players are, how great of a group he has around him right now with the players. He talks about like how the management supports him and all those things. So he addresses all those stakeholders so they all feel included in the messaging, they feel included in the story being told right now. So it's a very, very smart thing again to do. Um, again, might be subconsciously, might be consciously, but it's very, very well done. Also, and I think that that, that was more subconsciously because it's not a crisis right now in Liverpool. Right? They're, they're top of the league if you heard that sound in the background, it was my cat destroying something. <laughs> that's good. That's a crisis. <laughs> so the crisis communication, right? So, of course, it's, it's not a real crisis. Liverpool is like top of the table. Um, but the crisis communication is, is there to manage like potential negative impact, right? Like preemptively. So in this case, Klopp goes out and says that he's going to leave to just take away all the chitter-chatter that might have happened if like someone from his close circle, someone would have heard something or some people would be speculating or whatever. He's just taking it away right away. It's like, okay, there's no chitter-chatter, there's no gossiping. I'm telling you right now, I'm leaving at the end of the season. This is why no need to gossip about anything. We're going to create a clear plan for me when I leave and how to hand over. We're going to know who's next and so on. So it's just perfect crisis communication to prevent any crisis, actually. That's fantastic. Also, when you when you see the video, right, the, the non-verbal communication that he's using, so his body language is just like like very emotional like without like using hands or anything too much like contrary to what i'm doing but like you can see it in his face and the way that he's sitting that that is, is emotional to him right so he's not just all like cool and chill and whatnot but he, you can see that it really bothers him that it's really close to him uh, so his body language and his tone that he's using to communicate actually reinforce the message that he's sending, which, of course, is very important for like a convincing speech slash announcement. So, again, like very, very believable. Um, following this, I think one of the more important media theories also that, that, that we can see here that's being used is what we call in media studies the social identity theory. I talked about this before on the podcast, right? SIT, social identity theory, that just reinforces the identification with the group. In this case, yeah, Liverpool FC, the community around Liverpool. Um, and this affects like how you behave, how you communicate, but also how the audience behaves, communicates, understands the communication. And so that he, the fact that he's re-emphasizing that like he loves the fans, he loves the club, he loves everything about the club, everything about the city. So it includes everything, right? Everything Liverpool. And then he promises that he's never going to coach another club in England ever again. And that he's going to take a year off now before he moves on if he ever does anything else, right? So that's just a fantastic, like SIT, fantastically used to be like, I'm one of you, never going to... Take anyone else on in England and I'm going to not move on to the next one right away. I'm going to take a break. I'm, it's not because I have something better. You're in my heart. You're everything I want, but I just need a break. And it's just fantastic. Um, he, of course, also 
is great at like this this what we call again in, in, in media studies transformational leadership communication. Okay. So it's like very inspiring and motivating because he's still visionary, right? So he's like use, uses some inspirational communication and gives some individualized attention to like the 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 the, the young players, the new players, the, the the group of players that they have right now. He says that Liverpool will continue to be successful and he's doing everything that in, in, in his power to ensure that the success will continue after he left and so on. So he, He's not just focusing on himself. He actually doesn't focus on himself at all. He just focuses on Liverpool and to communicate that everything he does, he does so that Liverpool can continue to flourish, which is just perfectly worded, phrased, um, delivered, right? Um, you know, some of my favorite theories, I just throw them in now too because uh, we talked about it a lot, lot before just to remind you, like agenda setting. Of course, everyone has an agenda. In this case, the agenda is, of course, to prevent... What I said earlier, the gossiping, the, the yellow press and, and whatnot. Also to put something in the audience's um, mind, perception, like that um, there's commitment to the current season and about his personal energy level. So now that they know like, oh, okay, so he's not leaving because he hates us. He's just leaving because he needs to take some personal time. And so that, that's his agenda. Um we also, oh yeah, I forgot, uh, symbolic interactionism. I mentioned this before too, right? So Klopp in his speech, actually, he, he references like his journey before, but also then with Liverpool mostly and like the love for the club, right? Like how Liverpool and not just the club, but how Liverpool as a city and the people are everything to him. So that's like symbolic interactionism, very well done and very believable. I totally believe, believe, believe when he says that, right? So it's just perfect because then the audience is, Again, builds rapport, trust with you, and that that's all you want, okay? Um, when we look at, like, framing, the way you frame things, like framing theory, we talked about it before as well. It's like how you frame, how you present information in a particular, like, light to influence perception, maybe. Um, yeah, here, I think he just frames his departure as, like, something that's necessary. Okay, it's like because of the energy levels that are down and because he's just feeling like very drained um, and he needs like a, some, a break from a personal point of view. Um, I think that's just the way he frames it. And that's a good thing to do because yeah, then again, there's no there's no talking about like, why is he stepping down now that everything is going so well? What's, what's in his mind? Does he have another job? No, no. He's just telling you, hey, that's because of me right now. I need a break. That's why. Yeah, so framing so that there's no other uh, way of talking about it. Um, we could also say there's a two-step flow theory somewhat because, I mean, you're getting the news from him and he's the opinion leader, if you will. You could also say that the opinion leader here in this case, you're in club, right? He's passing on that message of him leaving. So the club doesn't do it, but he does it. Um, and then he leaves it to you, the audience, to interpret it based on the additional information that, that he's giving you, of course. Um, lastly, I mean, using gratification, one of my favorite series, as you know from the podcast. So, I mean, it addresses the fans' needs to get <laughs> to get more information about the club, to, to satisfy the emotional connection with the club, to, to know what's happening, um, to get an understanding of, like, what's happening with my club so that that's an audience need and club just gives it to them of course right instead of just being quiet and, and just departing so 
overall, I think that interview slash announcement was like very, very well done um, from a communications point of view. Yeah, um, Klopp is a great communicator. We, we all know that. We know that he like thinks about the way he says things, uh, even though sometimes it doesn't look like it, like in press conference and so on. Very good off the cuff as well. But I think in this case, they actually thought about um, how to present those news to, to the audience, which doesn't mean that it's not sincere. Of course, it's sincere, but I think they still thought about how to present it um, to the audience to make it more, not impactful, that, that might have a negative connotation, but just to make it like, digestible in the best way possible i think and if you compare this to like to like um xavi's announcement right like just the day after xavi um xavi hernandez um not xavi alonso i hope i pronounced it correctly by the way um xavi hernandez i hope xavi alonso says for leverkusen for a while and just throws keep throwing wrenches at bayern munich by the way um so xavi hernandez um current coach of barcelona also announced that he will be stepping down at barcelona at the end of the season a little bit differently though, so that I didn't see any like emotional video. I just saw like the statement that that Xavi announced that he's um, stepping down. And in contrary to Liverpool, right, Barcelona is not at the top of the table. Barcelona is like you know ten points or so behind Madrid on third place, I think. Um, which is interesting because like last season they won La Liga, so it's not all it's not all doom and gloom, right? It's just like they're not performing as well as they want to. Um, when you look at like the the messaging though it's it's a little bit different because yeah there is some kind of crisis for barcelona it's a crisis happening so it doesn't get ahead of the crisis they're not just trying to like contain the crisis like yeah it's not going well so i'm stepping down and something someone new gonna come and gonna fix everything um the, when we look at the framing he framed it like it's it's necessary to step down to change the club um yeah, so they want to focus on like the frames that like hey, the club needs to change rather than saying okay we messed up. So it's of course also framing right the nonverbal communication. I can't really look into it because again there was there was no video, so I would have loved to look at this. But um, the narrative paradigm that I mentioned with Klopp right when I look at this from like Xavi's point of view right now, there's not much positivity, not much coherence um, in compared to Klopp's message. Okay. I think uh, his story is more about like the challenges and the, the draining nature of the role, which then alters the narrative's reception, in my opinion. If like everything is so draining and it's so challenging here, and um, that just like tells the story of like your, the club that the fans love isn't as awesome as as they think it is, right? Um, from a social identity point of view, though. I mean, Xavi obviously identifies strongly with Barca. I mean, he's a legend at Barcelona. So, but his communication, right, hinted a little bit at like a disconnect, I think, between his personal identity and the current club trajectory, I think. Um, and it's a bit of a contrast compared to Klopp's like more or less seamless identification with like Liverpool's future, right? So Klopp is like, even if I'm gone, Liverpool for life. And Xavi is like... Yeah, I have to leave to so we can change things and yeah. Mm -hmm. um, the two-step flow is similar to Klopp, applicable here. So you get it from Xavi uh, and then you just build your own opinion upon it. So he's the opinion leader in this case, giving you the information, right? Um, nice of the club to, ha to have Xavi take the step and not fire him, obviously. Um, so that also aligns with the agenda setting. I think that, that, that Xavi... Um, wants to announce it because well, aided saves face for him. Like here, I'm stepping down. 
not waiting until I get fired. Um, and also gets, that gets a little bit of like deflection from the performance, of course, for right now. Um, and we look at the use and gratification that I mentioned earlier in, in, in Klopp's case, right? We said like, okay, that satisfies the needs of the audience. Kind of here too, but kind of not. And, and, and let me explain why. Because I don't think it satisfies the needs in the same way because Klopp's message provided like, like closure and like sense of like gratitude. Like Xavi might leave the audience like seeking like more info information. Like, dude, why are you leaving right now? in the middle of the rebuild, basically, with all the young players. And what about the reassurance of the club's future? Like, club was, like, all, like, reassuring. And Xavi's like, I'm out. Like, more, like, like, I'm exaggerating. But you know what I mean, right? So, hmm. Also, like, the, the transformation in leadership, but I like, just gave, like, huge props to club earlier. Xavi, I don't, I don't think, I mean, again, I only saw, seen the messages, right? Not a video or an interview or anything. So, Just from what we see in the media, it doesn't look as well-crafted, as thoughtful as Klopp's messaging. Um, and so if you, and if you look at the symbols, the last thing that I also mentioned with Klopp, right, like the symbols in the language that Xavi used in the announcement uh, reflect like a more of a troubled and challenging experience, what I said earlier, so that, that it might lead to the audience interpreting it more like he's leaving us hanging uh, or he doesn't see a future or just he's giving up or things like that while Klopp is like all positive and we're gonna rock this together and then after I'm gone you keep on doing your, your stuff and you're gonna be awesome and Liverpool for life let's go right you never walk alone so I think it's very very contrasting here which is then I think very interesting to, to, to see like how different clubs different coaches handle similar yet different situations obviously but if you're honest if you're looking like at at like the average the average coaching dismissal right even this Xavi's one of course is still better than just getting fired right usually it's like the club like the club announces like the club and coach have or manager have decided to 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 terminate the contract mutually um moving on into different directions because of blah 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 like we didn't achieve goals and uh, different ideas whatever right so it's still nicer to do that way and to have like a time frame where you say okay now we have like half a season left we can start planning for the future rather than just I'm gone and then ah, we need to find a new color. Who is it? Right. So what we, we've seen like now, in, I mean, I'm German, so Bundesliga examples, right? So Union Berlin, for example, like, like and, and Cologne, they parted ways with the coaches because the, the season didn't go well the first half of the season. So they're like, okay, we need a new coach. Uh, you, right? So this is still much better, of course. Right, so you're not you're not close to relegation or anything. Liverpool is on top of the table, um, so you continue with this coach for the rest of the season, and then you can now start looking into like who could be next. You you have you have lots of time. The fans can get used to it. The fans can think about it. Uh, so it's, like, it's just a smoother transition. Like Klopp is perfect, Xavi is not perfect, but at least better than just being fired, obviously. Right. So now, having that said, though, I'm very curious to actually hear, can you remember other other times when coaches had like the perfect exit? I mean, Klopp in Dortmund was, was like almost perfect. Um, so can you remember other coaches who had like a perfect exit? Where you're like, oh, yeah, that was very emotional. That was really cool. Like it was, it was something that like, that like, you know, touched my heart. 
And also curious, obviously, what are some of the worst coaching dismissals? I mean, right now, one that comes up, that comes to my head. Okay, before I wrap up, I say this actually, like in the NBA, so not not football, football, not football, but in the NBA, right? Adrian Griffin, like <laughs> the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, second, third best record in the NBA. Yeah, okay, I know, like just because of talent, terrible defense, and so on. Rookie coach, like first season as a head coach, f- fired, and then they uh, they just hired Doc Rivers right away, who worked as a consultant for the Bucks before. That's a very weird one. And oh, I should maybe have an episode on that because the communication here was just terrible. <laughs> yeah, so you, you could have done it much, much, much more bad, much better. Like you could have said, let Adrian Griffin say like, hey, maybe that step was too, too, too quick or like with the expectations that have changed now that since we have Dame here, uh, it's not like a, a, a long-term build. We need to have more um, success right away. And me as a rookie coach, uh, I think I need some more time to, to just build whatever. There could have been a better way to, to handle it and not just like you're out, Doc Rivers is in, who used to work as a consultant, which really is a bit creepy. Um, there, could have, there would have been a better way. There, there should have been a better way. It's like what, what Dortmund, and, 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 and now, I, now I mix sports and over, what Dortmund is doing in, uh, in the Bundesliga, right? They have the coach, Edin Terzic, and now during the winter break, they brought in like two co-coaches, like two, two, two co-trainers, right? like some uh, former um, former Dortmund players who are also experienced in coaching, who have like coaching license. But so they didn't replace the coach like, hey, we're going to ask some help to you. You're OK with it? And he's like, yeah, it's cool. They, they have different different viewpoints on stuff. And so maybe we can we can we can change things a little bit. Right. Um, maybe that would, would have been a way to to for for the Bucks to handle it. Uh so yeah, that's very so that was a terrible one for the Milwaukee Bucks. Like communication from the Bucks, terrible, and just ignoring it. Like and then Jan is just being all happy now again. And like the, the, the I think the first game after they were dancing after they they won the game. Uh, weird, 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 weird communication, weird messaging by the Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee Bucks, if you need help with your communication, reach out, shout out. I promise I answer your DMs. Okay. So but yeah, so it's been more than twenty minutes, so I don't wanna talk too much about the bucks maybe i have an, a, an extra episode on the bucks or on nba communication if if there's interest out there but let me know so which coaching departures did you think were done well like phil jackson's final season for example was it done well um, so which were done well in nba in football uh, in the american football wherever and which were done or which which went horribly wrong let me know in the comments um Social media at Funkypod, uh, funkypod at gmail.com. Uh, it would be cool if you like, share, subscribe, obviously, because then that helps to reach a wider audience and we can have bigger discussions, broader discussions, wider discussions, longer discussions, and better discussions. Rate this thing if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or on Google Podcasts or on Spotify or wherever, because that also helps the most. Appreciate that. Until then, take care, stay safe, don't get fired. <laughs> See and talk to you soon. Sorry, Cap.